0: Episode of the Atlantic Cell Podcast. I'm here with a new friend, Taylor Grant, who I actually met by our, you guys know our podcast editor. He's been on this podcast before, Jacob. Hi, hi Taylor. How are you? Hi, I'm good. All right, let's start with let you know, I do, I always like to give Jacob a shout-out on this podcast because um yes, you know, I fun. just love the torture.
1: So how do you know, how do you know Jacob? Um, he was my friend since preschool I think I met him in preschool and, and we went through K-6 through six together and we did all of high school together and I he's always like been into music and that stuff so yeah
0: yeah I always joke that Jacob is way cooler than I am it's true because he knows all the music and all he does, all the cool yeah. stuff that I I am I, I don't know but so Tell us about, we were just talking before the interview in our little pre-interview. Um, what is your disability?
1: Well, I have two, actually. I have a learning disability and I have a physical disability. I have mild cerebral palsy. That's only on my left side. And then I will have auditory processing, which affects like just my time and my processing
0: awesome and uh, as uh, if people don't know i am own cerebral palsy two on my side so we connected about yes that so let's talk about this uh how has how has having cerebral palsy kind of how has been how has it's nice to talk to somebody with cerebral palsy because i can ask them these questions how has having cerebral palsy affected your life how has uh how's well, the journey I- been with cp
1: <laughs> Um, it's been a good journey. I'm pretty happy that I have CP and live my life with CP, but at times it can be difficult because literally only one half of my body wants to work. Like um, we know I say to people all the time, I, I only have one hand. Like you guys have two hands. I may look like I have two hands, but I have only had one hand.
0: Yes, uh, that's, that's a good, good way to put thing. it. And sometimes your hand does some wild things. Sometimes it does things that you can't, like, it just reacts. So yeah. I like, and just so if anybody knows to know what cerebral palsy is, I always say that, course, you can Google it until it's essentially a, an injury to the brain that affects the signals to the rest of your body. So that is why, like. And me, everyone I'm has off. it differently, yeah. yep. Yep. For me, I walk uh, with a cool walk with a cool limp, and I also can't write. Um, my hands do not cooperate in that way. Are, are you the same way? Does it affect your walking or just your hand?
1: Yeah, actually, um, on my left side, I walk on my toe, and then on my right side, I walk typically.
0: Yes. Yep. Oh, and yep. then
1: um, sometimes it's hard to buy shoes with these. yes,
0: yes, because yes. your foot does not. Do you think, yeah. Do, I you wish know, I people... could
1: wear the heels without the strap, but I have always needed a strap, for example. Yeah.
0: That's why, if you see me, I usually wear slippers because uh, mm-hmm. it's just easier for me Easy, um, yeah. to put on because, uh, you know, like a regular shoe can be very, very difficult. And when I was growing up, I used to have to, I don't know if you had to wear these things called mafos. Uh um,
1: hold... I wore a, le- a leg brace, but... Yeah. um. Sadly, um, maybe if I was more confident when I was little, uh, someone made fun of it in like third grade, and I just never worried again. So, yeah. yeah, you just need to be confident.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing how I mean I can recall I didn't really have that bad experience with people pointing out my CP, but I can think of. Maybe one or two, and those things like sticking your brain. It's amazing how. I guess they weren't
1: those... bullying me. I was just self conscious about it. Like right, yeah. right.
0: And if somebody makes like a little comment that they think is nothing, that that can stick with you. I've been in that mm-hmm. situation. Yes. Where where it's like oh like because when you, at least I'm sure you can relate this when you have especially when you're younger when you have a cerebral palsy. It's like any disability, you just want to blend in, yeah. and uh, um anybody calling attention to it can be rough now that i'm older you learn that like exactly. you know what there's nothing wrong with having cerebral palsy or any disability and nothing like and i can't and you can't tra- change it anyway like people are gonna say we they're gonna say so mm-hmm. um you know so it's that it's just when you're young i understand that feeling talk about that though were there any challenges when you were younger having cerebral palsy
1: uh not really just I was kind of self-conscious of it but I like for example in OT I am also like uh what's the word I I want to do my best so for example in things like physical therapy and OT I would always push myself to do like five extra like seconds or something you know like I don't know it really didn't affect me I've been strong I guess yeah I, like, yeah yeah I myself. get it I get it
0: um I'm glad I was in occupational therapy with you. And just so listeners know, so a lot of people would see if you're fortunate enough, that your school offers, like I got physical therapy at school, and an occupational therapy at school, so mm-hmm. they would, uh, um, so they would usually pull you out of class at least with me.
1: Yeah, and
0: uh, mine you know, you made
1: me miss like um, electives instead of my core classes, and I I'm grateful for that.
0: Yes. And what OT does is it works on a lot of your motor skills and kind of, I, I would say too, like life skills, um, you know, stuff like learning how to, even though oh, I never I, mastered I have it.
1: example. <laughs> you can um, tell me that story in a second. I feel like auditory processing affected me in life more than my CP because it's hard to get my thoughts to stay in my brain and like I interrupt people. So I'm sorry about I that. I got
0: it. I got mm-hmm. it. and I don't mind being interrupted. I always say we're in New Jersey. You know, we like we listen to like I I I, I live in New Jersey anyway. Like we listen to me the too. first four, four words of the For sentence and too. then cut cut the person off. <laughs> so it doesn't affect me. Um Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Love so taking. I was talking about how OT, one of the things people do is like learned is like I remember them constantly trying to teach me how to tie my shoes or to do buttons. And the shirt, like,
1: yeah. I those things. yeah. I I didn't wear jeans for the longest time actually because it was hard for me to do the button as well.
0: <laughs> yes, buttons <laughs> and CP are like they don't go <laughs> together.
1: It's like one no. of our one of our
0: nemesis. <laughs> um,
1: or like the paper clips when they would make you go like this. I can't. I still can't. Oh, do that. I
0: hate that stuff. Oh, <laughs> brutal. We we should start a support group just from the trauma of the of the. Uh, of the uh, yeah. buttons, and the paper clips, you know, or the pencil, you know, they would always mm-hmm. maybe, make you know, with the gripper. Oh, I was like, you know, and then that as I got older, they tried to teach me how to type using the, um, you know, like the official method to type. And if you guys don't but know, I was like, you know. Yeah. Do you
1: put your key on S and J? Yes, yes. I, do I don't anymore, thing.
0: but that's how they wanted me to type. And finally, by O T, you said, "You know what, Donald? we've done it yeah. enough. Just type the way you want to type." But uh, it's it's called the quirky method. It was a whole. Yes. It's a whole thing. The whole thing. I know
1: what you're talking about. Yeah, but talk about your
0: auditory processing disability. We're talking about how <laughs> that impacted you more than your CP, huh? Yeah, I talk think. About so. When did you realize you had that? When did, did you ever get a diagnosis? Like, how did how did that all come about?
1: I I think my my IEP um, my individual education plan included my CP and my auditory processing from a young age. So both was both were taken care of my auditory pressing in school affected me like I hated writing because like I would write the way I talk. And that's not that's not good. Yeah. Uh, And then like it's hard for me to keep my thoughts in my brain. So some people may judge me and like think I'm being rude by interrupting you. But in reality, if I don't say it, sometimes I don't remember it.
0: Yeah, in a way, it it it's you know, the, and this is the odd thing that can happen with disabilities too. In a way, you're and you're being polite because you want to continue the conversation, Yeah. but it comes off because of like our <laughs> normal social cute. C- c-
1: and c- then when I was little, I felt like I didn't understand it. As I get older and have more conversations with people, I'm like, oh, this is auditory processing.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, yep, and that's the beauty of like learning about this stuff, and that's why you know, a lot of the things we talk about at the center and on the podcast about destigmatizing disability. Because like, if you knew this when you were younger, it probably would have made you feel better. And if more people knew this, it's like, oh, because once people understand, most uh, sensible people will go, oh, now it makes sense to me. But yeah, you know, it's when people don't know, like, you're like, I don't know why people are annoyed. And people are like, I don't know why she's doing this. I'm a big
1: person on uh, activist rights for, like, disabilities as well. Anytime I can write a paper or do a project on disabilities, I will, because, like, there needs to be more accommodations in this world and more, like, understanding of everything. I agree. So talk about that. Talk about – I love that,
0: because at the Center, we are all about advocacy uh, for people with disabilities. So talk about kind of how you got involved in that and what sparked your interest in advocate advocating for? for people. I think
1: growing up sparked my interest in advocacy work because um, I being in special education classes I grew up around people with disabilities and then to me to learn that CP is like a level like you you can have it different ways Right. And then I feel grateful because I have friends that are nonverbal and like are deaf that have CP and like I, I just really care about this culture and that's my major right now, special education. And my goal is to be a self-contained special education teacher, elementary.
0: Awesome. I think that is so cool and I think it's so cool to have, you know, one of the things that are big in Centers for Independent Living and if you don't know our Centers for Independent Living, we're founded in the 70s and they were all about people with disabilities getting the support they need to live independently and they're also a big part of sales is that they're buying for people with disabilities so the people running sales were mandated to have 51 percent of our staff and board have disabilities so yeah
1: that's crazy
0: yeah i just think Great. it's awesome that you know we need more teachers with disabilities
1: uh so mm-hmm. people can see that you know i i know two. Of my friends right now that I'm in my classes, um, they're females with autism wanting to be special education teachers. So people that grew up like me are now starting to want to like help other people the way yeah, that we I, never got to help.
0: Right. I I would say I would say, especially your generation is really pushing that activism forward and being more, you know, even you know, I grew up born in the 90s and we were there, are still a lot of people who would hide their disabilities, and that still yeah. exists now. But I would see less, and it less, a lot better of it.
1: than this century. Yes. <laughs> the, the 90s is fine compared
0: to yeah. this century. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, I would say, yeah, I was lucky to grow up in the 90s. But I'm just saying, there's even been more improvement where, like you said, people are just being out about their disabilities and saying, no, my disability is, even though it comes with some difficulties, it's also, I'm bringing something to the table. You know, mm-hmm.
1: too. We got um, you know.
0: We're powerful people, people yes, with
1: exa- disabilities.
0: Exactly. So, talk about um, what, what sparked, obviously, you grew up, what, what, what sparked your interest in teaching and special education specifically? Like, I know you had a disability, mm-hmm. but what made you go, this is what I want to do?
1: i always been a, a try hard, a teacher's pet. Um, <laughs> Straight A's since middle school, actually. I like to push myself. <clears throat> I took AP his- history. Like, I, I just, I- I'm still like that today. I'm taking 17 hours and putting my heart and soul into it.
0: Awesome. I Well, I just want to say this I, my, I was talking to my nephew a couple months ago, and he brought up the word try hard, and I didn't know what it meant. And he oh, it. <laughs> and I said, There's nothing wrong with being a try
1: yeah, hard. There's somebody with trying hard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And
1: and I think I think for me, because
0: I think I, I was now
1: hearing the definition or no. What did you say? Would you de- define yourself as a tryhard now hearing the yeah, definition? Yeah, so don't it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely. And I was gonna talk about I was just about to say that. I was gonna say I think that comes from
1: that might come from us having disabilities where it's like Yes. We, we had to for our whole life. I don't know anything different.
0: Yes, yes, like nothing, I always said nothing comes easy, like, you know, <laughs> I always had to push myself, and I always had to, like, you know.
1: See, yes, uh, right yeah. now my college is in, um, 10 minutes away from Mexico, it's called the Rio Grande Valley, and my minor's in Spanish right now.
0: Oh, that's so cool, that's yeah. awesome, and did you just, were you always interested in, in Spanish language, or did you just start mm-hmm. that?
1: I just started it. My original plan was to minor in sign language. So I might take a second minor eventually.
0: Oh, that's so cool. And when did you start college? Uh,
1: 2019. I took a year off for in-state tuition purposes because awesome. I'm from Jersey as well. Like, I met Jacob in high school. Yep, so yep. So Jersey's where I started cosplaying, actually. I wrote that.
0: Awesome. That's great. Uh, talk about cosplay, too, because uh, my sister, actually, does a lot of cosplay as well. So I am familiar with it, but if people in the audience don't know, tell them, tell them about it.
1: Cosplaying is when you're dressing up as a fictional character and it's really fun. And sometimes you can meet a lot of friends at different conventions and stuff. So I enjoy going to those.
0: Yeah, so talk about like, what sparked your interest in that? Because my sister, again, like that's one of her number one hobbies. She loves it.
1: you know there's a whole community to it and uh, yes there is a community also um i wanted to mention this um so a couple anime conventions a while back they went to they had um a cosplayers with disabilities panel and i was so happy It was a bunch of people like me that cosplay and have disabilities and i want to run one i run panels um in high school and that's a feature one i want to run at a convention
0: That's so cool. I I just think it's a great way to find people to connect with and to get to know. And, uh, you know, and talk about that too, because sometimes I know people with disabilities are afraid to put themselves out there, but there are, you know, great communities out there and a lot of people to meet.
1: I, I would love to talk about that. I think about that often. And that's why I like to do advocacy work. And that's why I'm also so outspoken. And like to talk to anyone because I feel like some people with disabilities or like even me when I was growing up when I was little, I wasn't confident. Now I want to be confident as a person with disabilities to show people with disabilities like you can do this. Like I have the tattoos, like people look at me all the time now, but I'm used right. to getting looked at. Like I, I walk funny, you know, like right. I don't really care anymore.
0: Right. And that's a great attitude to have. Um I just, and I think that for people with disabilities to really thrive, that that's kind of the attitude they need to have. Like you cannot live for anybody else and you are who you are. And I think that people, you know, you know, and there's going to be negative experiences out there because people are, you can't control people. People are ignorant. You can't control people, but there's a lot of positive too. And that's what I think you're really getting at, putting yourself out there. You found this whole community. And, um, You know, and now and there are panels with people with disabilities. And that's one of the beauties of today's world of like social media and stuff. Like it used to be back in the day when you you felt like you were the only person with a disability because you might be the only person with CP that you know in your small town. But now you can find other people and learn that there's a whole community out there. So I just think that's a real good lesson to take from this interview. Awesome.
1: So like, yes. don't be afraid if you have a disability. If you see someone that has a disability, I go to people. I'm like, yo, you have a disability, and then I I just talk to them. Yes, yes,
0: it's a great icebreaker. Like right away, we yeah. the first thing when you told me you have CP, I'm like, I have CP. So, because yeah. you know, you don't really get to you don't really get to talk about it with other people with disabilities. I do that
1: with adam may when I see keychains or whatever. I I go up to them as well. I'm like my favorite show is Death Note. Um, so I oh, like, my like sister loves Death Note. My sister would love you. <laughs> <laughs> meet her.
0: Yes, my sister actually yelled at me one time because I didn't watch Death Note yet, which is an anime. Oh, I anime. would too. Afraid.
1: I would too. I've heard so that yells at people for not watching Death Note.
0: Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. She was like, "I can't believe you." I'm like, "She was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang up this phone." Like, um, but uh, I, it, it, I do. It is on my list. I probably shouldn't watch it. Um, but yeah. So, talk about your experience in college and any tips for people with disabilities transitioning to college.
1: It is a hard transition, not gonna lie. You're so used to having like caseworkers and everybody and like getting any accommodation you need. With this, with college, sometimes they don't take all your accommodations, they only take your major ones, which is fine, but you just need to work at it. Yeah, so and you I think, no, I do like,
0: you know exactly what you're saying. And I think <laughs> it's a great point
1: that you need to push it more in college.
0: Because one of the things that you learn that you learn when you're transitioning is in high school, it's really the school's responsibility to look for people with disabilities. In college, they don't have to come up to you and ask you if you have a disability. Like they don't have yeah. to find you. You need to tell them. But to-
1: most colleges have the accessibility office and go there and just give them your high school paperwork. And right, they-
0: exactly. But that's, but you have to show the initiative. You have mm-hmm. to be the one to like say, "I need this." And like you said, um, sometimes
1: self advocacy you do have we to college. do that.
0: And sometimes I know at my college, um, sometimes the disability office is named something different, so yeah. you gotta like ask, "Where's the yeah. accommodations office?" Yeah. So, um, like I said, I think this is a great lesson. In t- Taylor's talking about, like, you you have to do that self-advocacy and do that n- initiative. Like, when Taylor went to college, she didn't walk in the front door and they go, you have a disability? Here's all your accommodations. Like, you know, that's not how not how it goes. So, you know, and there are great accommodations. I know in college I had a note yeah. taker and uh, stuff. So there are great accommodations out there. But, but now, how do you feel? Now, how was, because you went from New Jersey to, so where is your college now? Where did you moved
1: to uh Rio Grande Valley is oh, cool. uh, 10 oh, so minutes away from Mexico yeah wow then, uh I actually went to Stockton University um my first year of college awesome so that's
0: a big jump um, yeah
1: so how was that was that
0: nerve-wracking
1: was that it, it's but this campus is bigger it so it, it's it's cooler I guess but like um my credits didn't transfer over that well so it's hard I guess
0: yeah but I gotta give you a lot of credit because that's a big you know a big you really left your bubble I I like
1: leaving my bubble like I said this uh, I feel like growing up with a disability made me like more wanting to be out there more I guess
0: You talk about that. Talk about the importance of getting out of your comfort zone, because I think that's a good lesson, too. Because a lot of people with disabilities would look at you transferring from New Jersey to where you are now and be like, whoa, I can't do that. But here you are doing it.
1: Yeah, I'm having a great time. It's really fun here. I made some friends and getting outside of your bubble is important to me and I guess if you just stay in one place if you just stay in like the same thoughts you will never change as a person so I it's good to go outside your bubble.
0: Yeah I, I remember one of my staff members on who people might know is so I liked one of the things she said to me is sometimes the, gr- the growth is uncomfortable so yeah. like you gotta in order to
1: grow you sometimes need to push you gotta outside. push yourself you gotta yeah. kind
0: of like push yourself out of it mm-hmm. like to to a um to a different environment and it, you know, and I just think that especially with people with disabilities, I know sometimes like people in our environment it's are always telling us how, how, how I
1: think.
0: yep, people in our environment are always telling us like how de- dangerous it is and how like oh, you shouldn't go that far away from home, but people with disabilities live all over, and yeah. uh you can do it that's all I'm saying. And I just think that's an awesome lesson. So, what else
1: do you like to do besides cosplay?
0: What else are your interests and
1: hobbies? So, I'm a Korean adoptee, actually. I was born in Korea and I'm adopted from New Jersey. Like, that's where I grew up. And I'm into Korean bands. Uh, What was I? Going to say about, oh, I, I didn't get diagnosed in Korea. I diagnosed with my disabilities in uh US as a baby um, because my mom kept seeing my hand, my left hand, and she was like, why is it moving? So she kept taking me to different doctors. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good on your mom for showing that, uh, for <laughs> picking, picking that up. Yep. Picking that up. Picking
1: that I up. find that story kind of funny. I was like, yep, it was definitely not moving, mom. Thank you for the
0: it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. And your mom was like, we got to figure this out. Yeah. You got to figure this out. So that's awesome. It. I think you're just, you're really a, a great story about things that people with CP can do. I hate the word inspiration because like I, people say that to me and it's like, no, I'm just living it- my life.
1: Uh, yeah, I I agree with that statement too. But honestly, like I I worked hard to like try to be a confident disabled person. So like, thank you. Yeah, and I I agree with that too. It takes a lot of work. Like if you. Oh, and then it, my cosplay, for example, I get lots of confidence from that. Um, my my one of my most recent by 50,000 people and it has over a thousand likes right now and I've been working I've been cosplaying since I was 14 or 15 and I'm 22 now so I'm finally getting somewhere
0: right so I'm
1: pretty proud of that
0: I I love that message too and we will definitely highlight that too and I think it's a great thing to close on like it takes work to build your confidence so if you're listening to this and you're like a person with or without disabilities that you say, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence, you know, it takes work, you got to put yourself out there in a situation,
1: it's okay, and it's okay to fail.
0: You know, I yeah. always say that.
1: Kind of Panic attack, taking a step back, everything like that, it's okay in, the, in your life. Yeah, because exactly.
0: I like, with, we're, we're like, told that failure is bad, but that's how you learn. That's how you learn. I
1: feel like people with disabilities sometimes also want to mask their emotions. Like those things are okay, also people like yeah, exactly. you have a <laughs>
0: Exactly, that's a great point, and I do want to highlight that too. You're really connecting with all my my good points. I think that comes from people with disabilities feel like. They don't want to be any more like they're like The society tells us that we're like already already required too much, which isn't true. But sometimes <laughs> that society tells us that message. So you learn to like hide your emotions because you don't want to be more. And then you're yeah. to be easy and not difficult. <laughs> But that's not healthy. <laughs>
1: I guess um, a lot of reasons why I'm able to connect all that stuff is because of like, it's just being a passion of mine and I'm just always thinking about it. I always spot it out in the world.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're just, you're just. I'm glad you're out there and you're gonna carry the torch of advocacy for people with disabilities mm-hmm. and what Centers for Independent Living are all about. I can see why you and Jacob connected uh, yes. all those years ago. And uh, <laughs> Jacob's doing great things here in New yes, Jersey. He's, so I love he's doing his, his um and uh, then he's and look at it and he connected us so great job. Thank you so much for coming on Thank the podcast. You. you got any closing words?
1: Um I just wanted to uh, shout out like my stuff as well. Um yeah. my cosplay page is Tay Cos T P A Y. T a y c o s and you can find me there and you can see me being your wife too That's all. Yep,
0: and, and I, I, we will put your uh, information. I'll have Jacob put your uh, all your stuff in the uh, in the description of the podcast as well. Thank you so much, Taylor. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Bye.